way. Definitely Norway. Soil? A cottage in winter with a chimney but no smoke. What's got you so scared? It takes you away. It takes you away. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 134 of Discussing Who, the podcast where we discuss all things Doctor Who. Now, first off, we want to make sure that you're subscribed to the show. And why do we want to make sure you're subscribed to the show? So that you're getting all of our latest episodes. So how can you do that? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, Take, you know, take just a moment, leave us a review, give us some stars if you're on Apple Podcast or whatever that podcast player you use, and we would definitely, definitely appreciate it. So who are we? Well, for starters, I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, Mr. Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I am very well, very well. I'm glad to be with you on this episode. <clears throat> Well, which um, somebody I saw on social media this week described as riveting. Well, I want to keep it riveting. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to welcome back. They were back. spelling it R-I-B-B-E-T-I-N-G. Oh, God. They found hey, it riveting. Anyway. Here we go. I like it. it you know, but, you know, I, I want to make sure I don't have a frog in my throat. So I want to make sure <laughs> that I, before I do, I want to say hello once again to Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Little proper awesome, man. Um, awesome. Uh, glad to be on again. And while I do have the floor, I want to issue a uh, call to action to anybody listening to this show. Uh, we want to know how you are feeling about the season so far, including this latest episode, It Takes You Away. So be sure to check out our social medias, as it were, and look for Discussing Who and leave us a comment or a response to how you are feeling, because we definitely want to know how our listeners are feeling about the season as well. Yes. And it won't be long because we only have one more episode. So it won't be yeah. long before we'll right. be talking about this season in review, which is totally amazing that we've already gone through the entire series. So act now. Act now. <laughs> exactly. Operators are standing by. It makes yeah. me sad. So over so quickly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It seems like only yesterday. And you know what? It seems like only yesterday that our friend Jessica at the Seska Says YouTube channel did what we called Doctor Who December. And we interviewed or I interviewed Jessica on episode 76 and she came back to episode 85 where we specifically talked about Doctor Who December. Well, guess what? A year has already passed. And it's time for take two of Doctor Who December. So head on over to YouTube. And the first thing you get there or do when you get there is look up Discussing Network and make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And then head over to Seska Says. That's S-E-S-S-K-A-S-A-Y-S. Just do a quick search for that and you will see Doctor Who December videos. So for every day of December... She will have a new Doctor Who video, and the first episode of Doctor Who December this year was her review of The Woman Who Fell to Earth. So she is finally at Series 11. Wow. And she liked yes. it. She really liked it. <laughs> uh, spoiler. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, Who doesn't like it? Lee? Yeah. Come on. Let's be real. <laughs> lots and that. lots of trolls. <laughs> and Neanderthals. Yeah. And oh, frogs. Who knows? <laughs> so why don't why don't we? You know, I really don't think that we have that much news other than what I just said. So unless you guys have any objection, I say let's get right into the story. I did think of one other thing that just deserves the merest moment, and that is that uh, uh, John Barrowman, who is currently on the reality show "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Um, was injured on the shooting here and uh, was uh, put in the hospital. So whenever mm. John Berriman is hurt, the rest of us hurt too. But uh, he's going to be okay. Um, what's funny about all this, and, and he would be the first to laugh at it, of course, is that it's, it's, it's like Survivor. It's a show where these celebrities are, are put in situations where they're made to do all kinds of stunts and uh, – um, they, they have to carry out tasks and a lot of it is really physically demanding. And he didn't get hurt doing one of those, but something between takes, he was carrying something and literally dropped it in such a way that it, that it sprained his ankle. Oh, wow. And a severe enough sprain that they, uh, they whisked him away and put him in a hospital. So, but apparently he's already back out again and, uh, going back to the show. So, yeah, yeah, I, I had never heard of this show. So, uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're shedding some light strike. Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually making me want to somehow in space and time check it out because I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing this. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah. Consider as we've seen on screen, you you can you can boil John Berriman down to a stew and he'll still come back. So you can blow him into tiny pieces. And <laughs> yes. So well, he's oh, quite resilient. I yeah. actually do have, you know, thinking of John Berriman, and I was thinking, wow, that would have taken something really, really bad to hurt his ankle because this dude has some strong ankles considering the fact that we've seen him on stage in high heels. So that's true. You've uh, seen his legs, man. So so speaking of seeing him on stage, someone that I wish that I could have seen on stage with him at Pensacon last year that didn't get to come to Pensacon in 2018 in February will be coming to Pensacon in 2019. And I am excited to say, spoilers, it will be <laughs> River Song. And I cannot freaking wait. Well, Alex Kingston, I mean, River Song's a fictional character. But... <laughs> what do you mean, fictional? <laughs> Not in Cal's I'm eyes. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, what, what, what do you mean? Too. I'm sorry. What, wait, what yeah. do you mean, fictional? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Never mind. Never That's mind. what I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So enough of that. Let's just get into the story because what do you mean? Fictional. Seriously. Nothing. Okay, cool. So for anyone listening, if you have not seen It Takes You Away, put us on pause. Go watch the episode because as River Song also says, spoilers. 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 All righty, everyone. The spoiler warning has gone out, and it is time to review It Takes You Away. This episode is episode 9 of 10 for series 11, 
and it was first aired on BBC America in the U.S. and on BBC One in the U.K. on the 2nd of December 2018. Initial overnight viewing in the U.K. brings the show down to 5.07 million. A little bit lower, but anybody have any thoughts on why that might have been? Hmm. No. Maybe I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Oh. Yep. Uh, I was reading on our friends uh, or an article from our friends at blockterwho.com that said, just as often Survivor does, it is on so many nights in a week that it um, pretty much kind of knocks everything out of the top ten. And it also, I believe, was airing on or at the same time or close to or on at the same time as Doctor Who. Ah, yeah. interesting. So Doctor Who was actually taking a hit from John Barrowman. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. It's, it's like that first week when uh, Bradley Walsh was competing with Bradley Walsh yeah. on, on another channel. Okay. Oh, you mean Graham? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 I'm, I'm still going with that. Sorry. You see, Graham is a fictional character. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for you fictional people out there uh, that I'm talking to right now, um, any initial thoughts on the episode? And Clarence, what, what were your initial thoughts? Huh. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I really had a fun time with it. Um, it did feel like the tone was different, and I was wondering why that was. Um, it just felt weird. And then after, you know, watching the second time and taking my notes and researching a little bit, I saw that it was the second episode in production order. Um, mm -hmm. So that might be why it just feels a bit off from the last ones we've seen to me. Hmm. But I still enjoyed it. <laughs> what about you, Lee? I felt it was more consciously a horror thriller than a lot of the other stories we've gotten so far. So the difference in tone was because they were attempting something different um, yeah. to really make it more of a, I mean, because the spooky old shack in the woods, you know, that's the, that's the opening scene of, you know, a thousand uh, horror stories. And, uh, and we go right there. And uh, once we get inside, that is a very weird place they're in. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, it, it's once we get to um, carnivorous moths, it's it's clear that we're not we're not playing around in this episode. This is uh, there, there's terrible things happening, and uh, I, I I I found it quite engaging. Really, I I I watched it all in one go instead of you know and there was nothing that could interrupt me because there was no way I was not going to see this to the to the end. Uh, how about you? Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I didn't find it that much of a horror. I found arachnids in the UK, and maybe it's because I don't like spiders. Mm -hmm. But I found this a lot more, I don't know, just a f enjoyable watch r rather than as a horror aspect. I didn't really yeah. feel that. <laughs> but yeah, I did I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So, sounds like we all enjoyed it to different degrees. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really feel the horror as much either. Um, but it did have that sort of if you're a fan of Stranger Things, sort of the upside down mm -hmm. kind yes. of vibe. Uh exactly, just a bit. Yeah. Uh -huh. And and then mirror universe vibe at the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you go a bit deeper. So, so literal literal mirror universe for a <laughs> And uh 
And, you know, it, it's like a continuation of what, what I think of as being the, uh, the new who thing, which is to take innocuous things and make them terrible. Uh, yeah. like, uh, dust mites in the books that will, you know, scour the flesh off your bones and, you know, being afraid of there being different shadows on the floor, being afraid of, um, Christmas trees and, you know, things like that. So this time it's moths. Yeah, or, or even making just the you know just the mirror be a creepy thing. Well, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Although that's yeah, that has certainly been before. around for a long time. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's almost like they're le- you know we're just or you know we're like sh- cattle or sheep going to the slaughter or something. Hmm. Sheep. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? Maybe the sheep get fed up at some point and rebel. So I'm curious, what did y'all think of the woolly rebellion? I like, I like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which the doctor calls a, a renegotiation of the human sheep relationship. Yeah. Um, seems like this is only the second time she said something or the doctor has said something that was real offhanded where I was like, Huh? <laughs> Maybe like, okay, is she just pulling our leg here? Which she, I think she also did in this episode when she was referring to her, I think, second grandma or one of them, second or fifth. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Well, she's uh, got nine. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how I really feel about that. It's a bit of fun, but yeah. you know, us as being reviewers and I'm sure other fans of the show are always questioning, okay, is that, is that real or is she just pulling her leg? <laughs> You know, if she would have said that it was a thousand years from now, I would have said, okay, well, that really happened. But a hundred and something years from now, all of a sudden the sheep revolt. Right. Yeah. And, but now she did at the end of it, and I didn't notice it on, on the first watch, but she did at the end say, well, at least the sheep are uh, gone. I guess they're off plotting. Yes. Yeah. So it's already started. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's already started. (laughs) Okay. And really, uh, the reboot of uh, Planet of the Apes uh, has that whole changeover happening very quickly, too. So, you know, in science fictional terms, that's not crazy that, you know, within 200 years, the sheep will uh, be the ones trying to shear us or something. Mm. (laughs) That that is what we started cloning with. Well, one of the first, you know, major subjects we were cloning with. So that's uh, true. Yes. So that that was a Dolly reference, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, mentioning the War of the – not War of the Worlds, the Planet of the Apes, you you could have something that all of a sudden just gave them sentience, you know, or increased brain capacity. Right. Uh, So, I mean – That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, wow. I mean – We bought that that in Planet of the Apes. So, yeah, see, I'm I'm, I'm taking on characteristics of the 12th – 13th, excuse me, Doctor. I'm explaining it out loud in my head as I'm working it through. So – well, Kyle, when you're splicing embryos to be resistant to AIDS, I think anything is on the table. Well, true that. Yeah, (laughs) that's true, too. Good point. So when the team first meets uh, Hannah and we find out that her dad is gone. So they so we obviously know that they have arrived somewhere. They they see some sheep. She makes the joke. They see a cabin in the woods. They go to the cabin in the woods and then they see someone in the cabin. So we you know, we get there and Ryan makes a comment to this girl that is alone in there. And he says, how do you know your dad just didn't pack up and go? I was really curious at what you guys thought about that. Mm, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, Lee, what did you think? 
Well, it, it's, it, it seems like an incredibly insensitive thing to say, and it really makes you kind of reel back from Ryan. But we also understand why he says it, because that's been his experience. That's what happened to him. Um, but he, he's also old enough to know that that isn't what happens to everybody. So it, it is, it's a surprising moment. Um, maybe it's something he was thinking about. And so he just, he sort of blurted that out and without thinking about how hurtful that would be to her. But, but I, I like that this script makes him take that seriously. And now he's got to heal this relationship with her. And, uh, he doesn't at first do a very good job with it. And I, I really like that part of the Ryan story in this, in this episode. What, what about you guys? Mm, I, I echo a lot of sentiments you said there. Um, should he have known that everybody's, you know, upbringing is not like his? Yes. But, you know, I don't know how it was growing up there in Sheffield where he grew up, you know. Mm. But I think certainly in America, in some parts, uh, some inner city places, it may be the fact where you don't see many other children growing up with the father around, you know. Yeah. So he certainly should have been more sensitive to it. But um, maybe it was just like something within him that is kind of had him jaded against that. And I can certainly see that um, him showing that point of view. But he was certainly insensitive in that moment. And and again, I do like how um, his whole arc in this episode um, went from. I think he even said he doesn't like kids to embracing uh, Hannah and becoming friends there by the end of the episode. Yes. And, and that was what I was hoping you guys were going to say, because, you know, my my initial thought of it was that everyone was going to look at it as, look, you know, he was being so cold. And I saw it just elaborating a little bit further on what Clarence said. You know, we don't know as viewers how long his father has been gone. We know that his father didn't show up for the funeral, but, mm -hmm. you know, we know that his father has been gone. So for him, I could totally understand how he was saying, okay, you're freaked out over two or three days. I've not seen my father perhaps in two or three years. Yeah. So, yeah. Good point. You know, so that was kind of how, you know, I saw it. Uh, but it also did... While it was insensitive, it sets up that character growth that we do see and what you mentioned across this episode. So, yeah, and, and, and certainly in this case where they are in a cottage or house out there in the middle of nowhere, the fact that he would just leave would be even more unbelievable. So maybe that's something else Ryan should have um, latched on to to be a reason why he wouldn't just uh, why Eric, the, the human, wouldn't just be wandering off without his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, you know, it takes me back to the Saranga uh, conundrum and uh, Ryan talking about how he, he felt like he couldn't imagine himself being somebody else's father. And I wonder if he saw this girl who was blind and there isn't a part of him that somehow was thinking, I wouldn't be able to do this, but I couldn't, I couldn't be the father of a blind girl. Wow. So it seemed logical to him. His dad just took off. That her dad just took off. Um, that would be cold, but I think a lot of people would would have to admit that that same thought might occur to them. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. And I, I don't know. I, I I did have trouble with it because that seems so cruel, and that has not been our experience of Ryan at all. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, yeah. It, <laughs> and also, I think maybe 
again, uh, we know this is early in production. I felt the tone of Ryan was was a bit different there, mm. as well as the tone of Graham in this episode felt a lot different than what we've seen in other episodes, in my yeah. personal opinion. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a, a, a bit of um, getting our footing, maybe, um, yeah. early on. But, but the script is still there. Yeah. Maybe they have to say what's in the <laughs> yeah. what's on the page. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it is. It's 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 funny. I, but See, he, and he doesn't say he doesn't like kids. He says, I don't do very well with kids, which can be something that you're sort of apologizing for. And I look at it, and, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving him a buy here or the character a buy here in any, in, in any shape, form or fashion. But my interpretation of him is he has a little bit of a protective shield and he's a little bit awkward to some degree until he gets really comfortable around people because I take it because of the um dyspraxia because mm-hmm. you know I he I take that he doesn't know when you know he's going to be uncoordinated or something and he keeps a little bit of distance so yes. I took that as just a social uh not ineptitude or or what but you get more where I'm trying to go yeah. that he's mm-hmm. just a little yeah. socially awkward No I've always thought that's why uh, what Graham is asking him to do, you know, which is to accept him as being his grandfather, that that's just, that is just beyond what Ryan is capable of doing. And it's, uh, even if Ryan knows that that would be a good thing, it's just more that it's just asking too much of him. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm always on Ryan's side about that. I, I think, you know, you, you got to understand who I am and how hard it is to be me. I, I can't just take this other thing on right now. So, Which, you know, skipping ahead is why I love that in this episode he actually does it. Yes. Yeah, finally. So, yeah. so let's, so let's, um, talk just for a moment about the monster. And, you know, we find, yeah. uh, that there is this monster that is keeping Hannah in the, uh, you know, house and she's afraid to go out. Bef- before I give what I think is a <laughs> plot hole here. I'm curious to know just generally, what did you guys think of the monster? Well, what is the monster? So (laughs) we've asked this eight times now. (laughs) Well, what what we are to, well, well, specifically my question that I'm asking about is these, the thing that we are to assume is the monster at the beginning, the, Mm. the, the, the growl that we hear from outside. Oh, 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 yes. Now that I thought was a very interesting twist. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about people being, uh, unexpectedly cruel. That's a, oh, yes. That is, uh, I think what we call a dick move in yeah. our culture. Yes. I, I, I would never do that to one of my kids. Wow. Uh, and I understand he's trying to keep her safe, but dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. And, 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 and maybe I'm picking up on what Kyle was saying about the plot hole because, um, uh, she's no daredevil, but we know that blind people develop this extrasensory type of, um, I don't know what you call it, um, perception. And she knows it plays at the same time every day. She knows that to be a fact. Yeah. But you would think, unless he has 
just the best recordings of different monster sounds ever. Um, <laughs> after a couple of days, she would be like, hmm, that sound mm-hmm. is the exact same. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Whatever he hunts, he makes the exact same noises every day. Wow. Hmm. Eh, maybe we're not supposed to think about that too much. Yeah, and they also just happen to be at, what does my watch say? 5.05 in the afternoon. Yes. And it stops yeah. at 5.07. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this creature's instincts are amazing. <laughs> so I bet if I go outside at 5.07 a.m., you're right. Yeah. I could go anywhere I want and escape. I mean, that's I my plot. I see what you mean. Uh, I hadn't thought about that, but yes, yes, she would be out at every other time of the day because we've seen how fearless she is. Yes, and she yeah. goes out with the doctor and the group. She goes through the mirror to look for her father <laughs> by herself. I just, yeah. she's, she's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's something else. So what do we think? Let's go back to her father for a second because, yeah. you know, and again, I gave, I'm not, I wasn't giving Ryan a buy and I, it's the last time I'll say it, but I really had a problem with the father taking a moment or splitting his time between going to other reality where everything is bright and shiny and pretty to be with his wife and leaving his blind daughter in this decrepit looking shack uh, that we see. Why didn't he take her with him? Did they say? I think that he, he, the feeling that I had was that he had gone through the portal and then discovered his wife was alive there and he hasn't been back since. Ah, okay. So he, he just, hasn't had an opportunity to go back for Hana, but but in the process he's sort of gotten so wrapped up in the lie and the trap that he's he's almost forgotten about her, mm. which I think just shows how seductive the trap is. But um, but three cheers for Graham, who doesn't make the same mistake. That his proof that uh, Grace isn't the real Grace is that she says, "Hey, Ryan can take care of himself." She says, oh, "Grace would never do that." So, what did you think, Clarence? Um, I agree on all those points. Lee, does that remind you of the cage just a bit? Yes. <laughs> I thought about that. And, uh, uh, I was thinking about something else, a stranger things, which you mentioned, but, uh, yeah, there, there are, there are a couple of other similarities to other great, uh, sci-fi stories. But, yeah, yeah. But, but certainly that, that perfect allure and, yeah. you know, to have, and not only giving you this perfect world, but to to give you this loved one who has passed in your own, you know, universe or time or whatever, um, that is a strong draw, you know, and it's hard to resist. So, I mean, you know, I I, I certainly can't blame Eric for being uh, allured by that, but but again, he has a daughter on the other side, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, he thinks he's going to have it both ways, but he's not. So. And, and you know, this the see where I didn't see this as a horror. I saw this more as something really, really sad, and even more so the second time I saw Grace. And you know, I think each of us could sit here and insert person from our own personal lives that we would mm-hmm. love to see again. And imagine having that choice of staying there with that person as opposed to leaving. 
And yes. Oh, that reminds me what the other thing, the other sci-fi story was this reminded me of. We saw this on an episode of Class, didn't we? Ah, explain. Help refresh. Do you remember that uh, there was an entity that was sort of taking over the city and it was it was presenting itself in people's apartments as being yeah. the people that they think they've lost. Yep. And uh, it was all yes. it was all connected by strands that were going building to building, you remember? Yeah. And uh yeah. Yes, and it one was of our one of Yeah, like a vine or something, what Right. It? Yeah. And one of our leads, you know, we felt was really going to get drawn into this because it was her her father, right? Yeah. Who uh yeah. And he was saying, no, you you can be with me. Come on, come and join me. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. A perfect prison. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So speaking of the perfect prison, when did that mm. prison become imperfect? Or when did you realize that grace wasn't quite grace? Um, well, well per- I think immediately when we get to the uh, mirror universe, whatever you call it, um, <laughs> the um, Scylla track zone or whatever. Um, the first thing I noticed immediately was Eric's shirt was, um, you couldn't read what was on his shirt because it was backwards. Yeah. Um, and if you, it looks like they flipped all of the footage, um, horizontally for those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, once I saw that, I kind of knew that anything else going on over here could not be real or could not be good for that matter. And, but, but by the same token, um, as we talked about Eric and his wife, you just have to feel for Graham in this situation. Ugh. Um, having lose, lost grace, um, at the beginning of the series. And now while we're almost at the end of this season to, to see her again, uh, just, just tough for him. And he's like, no, <laughs> don't do this to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, he even says that. Yeah. And let me say this about, and this has nothing to do with Grace as a character, but there is something to me about Sharon D. Clark's voice that has a very wise slash soothing tone to me. There's something Mm -hmm. that, that, that it's, it, it's something about the way her voice reverberates and, just the way that she speaks has just a very almost calming uh, sound to me. So, I mean, if she does any type of audio book, I would <laughs> yeah. simply yeah. listen to it just to yeah. hear her talk. Well, uh, I, I think that's a great, uh, a great observation on your part because, um, it, and I agree a thousand percent. And it, it's part of what makes the casting so brilliant is that she's always going to be the voice of wisdom and the voice of calm and peace and this feeling of being down to earth. And so from that very first episode, we've been we've been taught to understand that she is the one who makes sense. She's the one who's going to tell it like it really is. So how cruel is it to to, to put her here and to and to make Graham choose between her and and the doctor? It's, yes, it's just brilliant. And is it not brilliant for their relationship, there being Ryan and Graham, that he chooses Ryan over Grace? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, which is which is totally as far as growing for characters between the two of them, and mm-hmm. which makes it more interesting now that Clarence has told me that this was the second thing that they shot it it's amazing that 
you know, that you, you've had this character growth that's come this long. And I know we've, you know, joked in the very first episode that we're going to, you know, hear the granddad comment eventually. And, you know, we knew this was coming, but, it, but whenever it finally got there, I mean, I actually cried. I mean, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, I kind of teared up on that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good scene. Good and well yeah. acted. We'll get granddad. I don't know if we're going to get the fist bump, but we're going to Yeah. Well, you mentioned Graham making this decision between um, Grace and Ryan. And, you know, it's like, uh, again, like we talk about great sci-fi stories that have a similar element to it where something is almost real. But it's something just a little bit off, just a little bit off. And, um, you know, he he's finally sees that, you know. Uh, Grace would never make this decision to to leave Ryan there or to to not take good care of Ryan, and um, we certainly see it again with the mother and and Hannah, where um, I don't know something about little kids or something, because <laughs> she could just tell right off. It could have been the fact that she was uh, blind or something, but she could tell right off that um, you know something is fishy here. Something mm-hmm. is fishy. You know, even though uh, Eric may have seen the same thing, maybe he just was too into the concept of having this physical or what seemingly is a physical thing here that is his his loved one that he remembers and loves, you know, so. True. It's funny that I, I connected this right into our conversation last week about listening to the episodes as audio instead of, in addition to or instead of watching the episode. And I was thinking about, um, how as a, as a teenager, I used to record, um, the original Star Trek series off the air, uh, in reruns and listen to those driving around and, and how well I know the original Star Trek series as a radio show. And, and you know, we were talking about this just last week and then there was this moment and I thought, this is Hannah's superpower. She's not caught up in all these visuals that everybody else is tied up with yeah. is that once you've looked into your, the wife you think you've lost and Eric and Graham both do it. Once you can see every little movement of their face, everything about them that you've always adored, you're not, you're not paying attention to what's going on. You know, Hannah comes out there and listens to what's going on. She says, you're not my mother. Yes. And you know, it it wasn't that she, she in turn was not trying to be malicious. She was just being matter of fact. That's it. She she can perceive the reality because she's not distracted by all of the visuals. Yeah. yeah. She's, nope. Nope. My mother wouldn't do that. Yeah. So do you guys know much about um, Hannah, uh, the actor Eleanor Walwork? Um, I got real interested in her today and looked her up. She's uh, she's kind of amazing, huh? Yeah. The first blind actor to play a blind character in Doctor Who, which is really interesting. Uh huh. After all these years. Interesting. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you know, but on the stage, there is this big push right now for people uh, with disabilities to be portrayed by people with that disability as opposed to people pretending to be blind on stage. And, yes. things like that. and um, so here's a great example of this on screen. And um, yeah, as a as a young woman, she's a she's a singer songwriter. I don't know if she's taught herself to play the piano or whatever, but you go to her website and um, there's some of her work and she she writes lovely songs. So. Wow. I hope we're going to hear a lot from Ellie Walwork as as time goes by. We'll always remember her as Hanan. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah. Also in that that same vein of inclusion, I know Cal will be a uh, uh, tune of this. The uh, Walking Dead has 
the, the latest season actually has two deaf characters, uh, one named Connie and Kelly, uh, one that's uh, deaf in one ear and one that's like uh, completely deaf. So ah, okay. um, really interesting because I thought uh, if, upon first seeing them as well, I thought they were just acting the part. You know? Me too. I, but I, it, I didn't know. Yeah, it made it so much yeah. more rich as as well as in the case of uh, Tahana when you find out, okay, this is this is real, you know. Yeah. And t- to see them come on, especially with Hannah's performance in this episode, which I thought was excellent, mm-hmm. um, it, it it just makes it that much more richer. Yeah. And to add another layer onto what you, what you just said, and, and it goes to the point before I say what I'm about to say, is just because you have a disability does not mean you have an inability. Right. And I say that because... I assumed that this was an actress who was pretending to be blind. So as far, cause I was thinking, Oh, well, look how, you know, she's moving so well, blah, 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 blah. You know, so, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that is a, you know, a dig at me for assuming that you couldn't because you were blind, you know, if you were really yeah. blind, but, mm-hmm. but kudos to her because she, she acted just with the best of them, you know. Yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a bonus video that if you if you get this by iTunes, uh, there's a um, kind of a behind the scenes video. I'm sure anybody can poke around for it and get it now, and it will definitely be on the season eleven DVD. But a but a good long interview with her and talking about what it was like shooting this episode. And mm-hmm. She said that the the team TARDIS they have such fun together. They just laugh all the time and they quickly took her in as a member of the family so in shooting this episode she just remembers them laughing and uh and and feeling a part of the team and uh, she'll always cherish that memory yeah yeah Yeah. so what do you guys think of i know we mentioned the moths but what did you guys (laughs) think of the anti-zone and specifically what did you guys think of our friend Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs? Yes. What a great name. <laughs> well, I didn't get the, the Seven Stomachs part. Yes. Yeah. Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs. That's, yeah. <laughs> I so want your tubular. I don't know why he's called that, but yes. And uh, already today, lots of uh, really, really naughty images on, uh, <laughs> yes, on social media that. about <laughs> wanting your tubular. But um, yeah, Ribbons reminded me of um, uh, any number of sort of um, uh, elven characters that we – not elven, but um, uh, uh, characters that we've seen in uh, science fiction and fantasy over the years um, – like going back to the ring of the Nibelungen. I mean, um, I, I'm trying to remember. Kyle's going to have to help me here. There's a character in uh, Babylon 5 who uh, he reminded me of. Um, I was hoping you'd know who I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Not at the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that people uh, listening to this will be shouting at their devices. You're talking about. Yeah. Anyway. Well, but um, we, we dispatched him pretty quickly, didn't we? We He, he, uh, he got... He was so obsessed with <laughs> he was so obsessed with the tubular that um, yeah. it was literally the death of him. It was the death of him. Yeah. So, so let me say this real quick before I forget it. The look of him oh. uh, reminded me of the, and I think it was the Sidorax. Wasn't that what was in the uh, Christmas Invasion? 
Yeah, the Sycorax. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It reminded me of them without their helmet or their bones mm. on the head. That's what the visual reminded me of. And mm. the voice, speaking of, you know, paying attention to people's voices. And again, yeah. this goes from listening to the audio only. For a second there, I was like, oh crap, is that John Sim again? Cause it was, it <laughs> sounded like the, the voice he used when he was in disguise in last season. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. But it is in fact an actor named Kevin Eldon. Ah, interesting. Trivia. So let's yeah. go to a different plane or a different subject and talk about the Solitract plane and the Doctor's new friend, so to speak. What did you guys think of that interaction between this entity that is a universe and the Doctor? Yeah, I found it inter- interesting that so seemingly malicious, um, it seemed in the end that wasn't you know, the solo track's true intent. It just wanted to reach across the divide that, you know, because of its nature, it just can't interact with our universe world or whatever you want to call it. Um, So I I found that interesting that it wasn't um, overtly uh, malicious, but it was just trying to find a friend and, and the doctor was doing what the doctor do. And it was, it was, it was being a friend to this entity for a while uh, until we found out that couldn't work either. So I, I really like that. I really like that aspect. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, the same. And uh, I'm wondering if it isn't the big message of season 11 hmm. that by and large, there aren't bad people. There aren't bad guys in the universe. There's people who we don't understand. Hmm. And it's such so hopeful. <laughs> that is yeah, all, that's uh, what I wish well, it was. I, well, that's uh, right. But, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm nearly 60 years old, so I get to be the old man on this show. And uh, I tell you, you know, the more time goes by, the more I find that's true. So I don't know. That, so, so that's probably – that's the filter I'm seeing it through. But why a frog? Why? Because mm, Grace you, likes frogs. <laughs> I, and I, I presume that is – that was the – connection that the doctor's seeing it well <laughs> i can see why graham would see it as a frog but why does the doctor yeah, yeah. why of all things does the soul attract appear as a frog social media i'm sure you you may have seen has just been a, uh, uh, alive with this today because there were either people who loved the frog and people who hated the frog they were you yeah. know, these two camps and people who didn't like the frog but liked the episode were saying wouldn't it have made more sense if it was a whole sentient universe making itself understood to the doctor? If the doctor didn't experience it as being Amy Pond. Oh my God. I would have, oh, or, or you know, any companion, or any companion. previous doctor. Is, right. Wow. That would have floored me. That would have made this the best episode. Yes. <laughs> or, or a glowing ball of energy. Right. You know, you know. Which I think would have been the easy choice. Or there's a sort of there's or a, sort a TARDIS. Of a, I mean, have or, the, or a TARDIS, right? Yeah, you know, um, missed opportunity. I think. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I know they consciously wanted to not bring anybody back. You know, let this mm-hmm. stand. So I get yes. that aspect. Right. But 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 you had the prop. You could have put the TARDIS there and had the voice emanating. And then when the uh, when it was time to. Um, wish her you know back you could have had the door fly open or you could have had some something 
you know, yeah. to have uh, done that. I mean, you know, that would have been easy. What did you guys think of mentioning Granny Number Five and Granny Number Two? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think I really loved that because, again, like when I hear something like that, I'm like perking up my ears are perking up just a little bit to see okay what does this relate to how can i research this is this a real thing is this a one-off comment um if it is it's cool i want to know more about that where can i read a, what story uh, in the past or a book that i can read about that because i found that interesting actually Lee, what do you think um Alan Seiler, if he's listening to this, is going to have to correct me because I can't think of the quote right away. But it made me think of a of a, a, a throwaway line in uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, uh, where where when we're introduced to uh, when, when we learn that Ford and Zaphod have a relation are related somehow, uh, Ford says uh, he has three of the same mothers as me, uh, which is just a a, a typical bit of throwaway. Uh, Douglas Adams, uh, mind blowing nonsense from Hitchhiker. Um, so, and Douglas Adams and his sense of humor and the whole Hitchhiker world has always been closely related to Doctor Who. So, I just yeah. heard that as a as a deliberate shout out to a Hitchhiker there. The yeah. idea that the Doctor has nine grandmothers um, when we've never heard anything like that before. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, if you go back to recent modern Doctor Who and you think of the woman in white, we don't know who she was, but, you know, identity unknown. So there you've got that person that obviously knows the doctor from his past. And that was in the end of time, part one and two. Then you've got the lady in the barn. So that might be grandmother number five, grandmother number six. Who knows? And there is a book, and I think the title of the book is called Long Barrow or something that, yes. that talks about how, uh, or, or just, you know, covers how a time lord is born uh, in the science yeah. of time lord-ishness. Mm. So, so I guess this means that Susan has multiple grandfathers. Oh. <laughs> Maybe so. Ooh. But but only one that where she goes, grandfather. Grandfather. Number one. Yes. <laughs> Number two. Yes. <laughs> you get a grandfather. You get a You all get a grandfather. <laughs> you managed oh. to bring this back to Oprah Winfrey again. You're yeah. obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> so having said that, um, my question now becomes to the two of you. Is there anything that we have not covered that you wanted to bring up before we do our final reviews? I don't think not for me. I, I really want to make sure we talked about uh, this uh, actress who plays Hannah and uh, and about the frog, because everybody uh, out there in the world is talking about the frog today. Yeah. What about you, Clarence? So uh, I'll make a real quick comment on Ribbons. Uh, he is, apparently has been there his whole life, but then he's so easily duped to be eaten um, mm. uh, in the presence of the doctor for just a few minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't he have like a contingency plan or something? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You'd think he'd have come across this before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but we don't know how long. What about this? He's been there his whole life, but did he, meaning uh, the reality that he's in, was he formed as the adult appearing character that he was and 
was his life only four days old, perhaps. In reality, that's all he existed. Maybe. Exactly. We, do, we don't know what his, we don't know what his life cycle is like. <laughs> yeah. But we know he wanted that shiny tubular. We know that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, another part. We're talking about cruel things in this episode. Another part I thought was particularly cruel. I'm like, why did the doctor do that? The doctor wrote a message for Ryan on the wall mm-hmm. uh, saying that your dad is probably dead. Um, I just thought that was extra cruel. Again, Hannah being blind would be extra perceptive to listening to writing on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like She says that, that wasn't a map. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, why did the doctor do that? That was really cruel. Just because I think Ron knew that already. Um, she didn't really have to spell it out. Um, man, that was just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like that too much. It was just another cruel point in this episode. Agreed. Um, well, I don't think it was deliberate. I, I mean, I don't think the doctor was doing that to be, to be hurtful, but hmm. it was certainly careless. Yeah. And then, of course, Eric comes back to that world and there's a, <laughs> <laughs> the text on the wall that says he's probably dead. Yeah, but see, you know what? I think that was, and this may be the intent of why they did it. To me, that was the point where Eric said, okay, I've mourned enough. This is serious. I have a daughter to take care of, man up, and get back to life. Because he, he sees that, and that's that moment where I feel that. So maybe yeah. that was the purpose of, of, of the message. Maybe, maybe. But it's, to me, it's almost the equivalent of, um, you have what, uh, two bilingual people in the room and one person that speaks the language that all three does. And then the two, uh, <laughs> the different language like talk yeah. to each other. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, true. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm standing right here. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good point. All right, so guys, let's give our ratings. And I started off last week, so I won't start off this time. So I will think for a second and say, Clarence Brown, what do you say? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.1. 4.1. I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. Um, It was good to see Grace again, of course. And I loved how I loved Hannah and I love how Ryan kind of, um, you know, owns up and, and kind of takes her under his wing for a moment there. I love that. Um, so yeah, a four one, not my most favorite of the season, but I did uh, quite enjoy it. What about you guys? All right, Lee, what about you? I think I would say four one as well or four two. So four one. Um, same thing. I didn't, I wasn't crazy about it, but, uh, uh, it, like I say, it certainly held my attention. I, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen. So, um, for, for sort of the sheer forward motion of the script and for how interesting I found Hana and, uh, the whole situation, um, yeah, you can't beat it. So, yeah. um, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to say for, for one also. Okay. I'm going to go just a little bit higher and give it a 4.4. I'm going to give it a 4.1 like you guys did, but I'm going to give it a little bit of extra oomph there because I like hearing Sharon D. Clark speak. So um, You like frogs. No, I don't like frogs, <laughs> but I do like hearing her speak. And, yeah. you know, I, I agree on everything you guys said. I will watch this again. I did not get bored. Um, this is not anywhere close to being my least favorite of the series, but I 
from substance wise, you know, I, you know, there's, there's some plot holes there and, you know, we've already talked about them. So I won't recount, we, you know, recount them, but, um, I enjoyed it. And so I'm going to give it a 4.4. Very yeah. good. So and, yeah. And, 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 and if not for the hashtag portal to hell, I would love the Airbnb at that place. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. So question guys <laughs> next week is the finale and i know we've given projections and we speculated but literally next week is the finale any yeah. thoughts of what you think might be coming or do you think they're going to throw us a curveball i have no <laughs> guess whatsoever i got nothing mm. what about you clarence yeah, I think we said the same thing we did our uh, discussing network uh, video for YouTube uh, when, when, a couple of days ago. And, yeah, we were like, uh, we have no clue what's going to happen because yeah. it's just uh, I guess that's exciting in a way. Mm-hmm. But but, man, I just have nothing. <laughs> All yeah. right. So let me ask you the the question in a different way. Will you be disappointed if there's not some big Ex- exclamation point to the end of this series. If the, if next week is the finale and it's just a great episode, will you be mm. disappointed? You know, I hadn't even thought of it that way. So I don't. You mean it really needs to feel like the the end of something? I, no, I'm not asking. I'm not advocating either way. I'm just asking if there's not a big end to something, will you right. be disappointed? Huh? It's possible. It's possible. Uh I'd love a colossal cliffhanger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd like. Oh, maybe even better because that goes that. Oh, Lee, you may have hit on to something. Uh, what mm. about you, Clarence? Do you agree with that or do you have another thought? Um, I agree mostly. I would, I would like maybe you mentioned cliffhanger. I would maybe like it to lead into the New Year's Day special, maybe because we know we're going to get, um, I think we read or maybe said this already that we're going to get classic villains in the uh, the New Year's Day. Is uh, that a fact or am I speculating? Who, says who? Says who? Okay, maybe I misread or, or miss uh, or imagining this. No, I don't think you're imagining it. I think I've heard people, people are hoping. That. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah there, so, was a, there was a shout out to the Zygons in this one. Right? Yeah. Yep. Sure was. Um, grandma number two. Yep. yep so, I <laughs> so I don't know. I think I think. I think we've become so uh, used to, you know, ending on two parters or one episode that, you know, leads into the next season being the two parter. I Again, like I just have to say, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would want something climactic. I, I would hope that we would get that. But still, I mean, if, if anything from this season is any indication, we just have no clue. Right. And, you know, Lee, correct me and keep me honest here. But in the previous you know in the classic series as it's called your new doctor didn't necessarily come about always at the end of a season or at the beginning yes sometimes it worked out that way but mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong here weren't, weren't some of the regenerations mid-season hmm. yeah i'm, I'm gonna shame myself as a who story in here and say i don't know i think because i think uh Colin Baker's maybe might not have been the first. I'm not sure, and I and I may uh, be wrong there, but I you yeah I don't know. But you know who will know? 
I guarantee you our friend Dave Cooper. So Dave, Dave Cooper will know. You're listening. I know you're listening. So let us know uh, how wrong or how right we are. Uh, and, and the reason lots I, of other people too. Yes. Uh, the reason I even bring that up is, you know, we're so used to having a regeneration at a major event. And that's why I brought that up. But, uh, but part of the Doctor Who classic, you just told the stories and you had the four or five, whatever part stories. And then it ended and that was the end of the season. It just happened to be the last story of the season. And with the, few exception of, of like the key to time and trial of the time lord you didn't have these whole season stories like you do now right that said this series doesn't have that arc feeling it, so it's more classic but one thing that was true to classic was you had the cliffhanger at the end of the episode so that's why i think it would be so appropriate if we have a cliffhanger so yeah. there you go so, Clarence, if anyone were listening and wanted to find you on social media or whatever else you might be working on, where could that be? I'll just say if you're into tech and you like hearing people rambling about tech happenings, uh, you should definitely check out my podcast with my brother called TechPedition, which can be found at TechPedition.com. Cole Baines and Mr. Shackelford, what about you? I will keep on pointing people towards RelativityPodcast.com, the official home of the sci-fi radio serial Relativity. Absolutely. Starring none other than Nadia. The com Well, I won't tell you what Nadia is. <laughs> I will just yeah. say that starring one of my favorite characters in all of radio drama and podcast <laughs> drama, Nadia. That's so, right, Nadia. So there you go. And for anyone listening, if you could, Check us out on Patreon and follow us on Patreon. And if you so choose to contribute on Patreon, we certainly would appreciate it. And how can you do that? Just look us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash discussing network. So, guys, thank you for joining me and for everyone listening. Thank you for joining all of us here as well. We will be back next week to review the finale of Series 11. So, again, thank you, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. 
So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?